What is the system? What is the swamp? Why do I say the president doesn't have enough powers for me to want to be it? I'll tell you all that, plus Kara Frederick, coming up tonight, and I'm right. It's treason. Look, look. When I came out a long time ago, I said, they've been spying on my campaign. I said, they've been taping, and that was in quotes, meaning a modern-day version of taping. It's all the same thing, but a modern-day version. But they've been spying on my campaign. I told you that a long time ago. Turned out I was right. Let's see what happens to them now. Uh, Durham is... I never met Durham, because I want to stay out of it, because otherwise it's going to look political. But Durham, as you know, is a highly respected person. Okay. He is a highly respected person. Let's just pause all that for a moment. Just take that little, take that little video clip and just kind of put it in your back pocket here for a second. I was asked a question last week. It was during my show. It doesn't matter. But I was, I was asked a question. Hey, Jesse, uh, do you want to be president? Do you want to run for president? Obviously, it's tongue-in-cheek. No one wants me to be president, believe me. But I thought about it. And the answer I gave, I think some people thought I was joking about it, but I'm not joking. I'm dead serious. Would I like to fix America? Yes, of course. Uh, no question about it. I love this place. The reason I don't want to be president is I do not believe the office of the presidency has the power to fix what's actually wrong with America. Now, that's quite a statement, right? A president has has big stick. A lot of power, all those executive powers and staff and everything else. I do not believe the president of the United States of America, no matter how America first a Republican he is, can fix what's truly, truly wrong. You've heard me tell you a million times about what, something I call the system. Some people call it the cathedral. It doesn't matter what you call it. What I'm talking about when I talk about the system is we have pillars that hold up our culture. Every culture does. We have cultural institutions. Those are our pillars. You know, religion, education, media, government, all these entertainment. These are, these are the pillars on which every society rests. And all of our pillars have been taken over by scumbag America-hating communists. They all believe the exact same thing now, and therefore none of the pillars ever disagree or oppose one of the others. Now, the danger you get in that when they all believe the same wrong thing is there's no check on any of them. They can, they can and do lie about anything, and they will work with each other to destroy you. So let's go to what I'm talking about here. I understand it's Monday and I'm supposed to be talking about the Super Bowl and everything else, but I'm sorry, there are bigger fish to fry, as the saying goes. So let's do a little rewind before we get to the modern news. You remember Bill Barr, he was then Attorney General Bill Barr back in October 2020. He appointed John Durham to be a special counsel. Now, special counsel really just means, hey, you're not part of any party. Nobody can really stop you unless they want to look really bad. So you just go investigate the Democrat side of all this Russian collusion stuff. Because remember, we were told forever Donald Trump is a Russian agent, colluded with Russia. Russia hacked the voting machines. And, you know, we've heard it all. Trump and many around Trump were making some pretty accusations that uh, it, it was actually the Democrats working with foreign powers. 
this all looks really bad. And let's pause for a moment. I want to make sure I'm being honest about myself here. I have had no faith in Durham whatsoever because I don't have any faith right now in the justice system of this country. I've said that multiple times. So I want to make sure I'm out in front of this. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. We'll see. John Durham does have a reputation of bringing down people in power. Federal Bureau of Investigation agents, things like that. John Durham has a reputation of being a bulldog who's not intimidated by your title. Maybe he'll come through again. Let's move on to what's actually happening here. So, the latest findings, and just, just hang with me. I'm going to break all this down once I get through some of the mumbo-jumbo. The latest findings are this. The Clinton campaign paid to infiltrate Trump Tower, as well as Trump's apartment, that's alleged, and the White House internet servers. Now why? What are they doing? What would the Clinton campaign be doing trying to penetrate these things? They were trying to create the appearance that Donald Trump was in fact colluding with Russia, something called Alpha Bank. I'm not going to give you too many details because it gets way in the weeds and way too confusing. They were trying to create the appearance Donald Trump really was this Russian agent. This was part of the Clinton strategy. All right, in the findings, a tech executive, I don't know how to say his name, Rodney Joffe, yeah, I believe, he's an FBI award-winning cyber analyst. So he's just one of these tech guys, one of these nerds he sits up at the computer, had come, come to access and maintain dedicated servers as part of a sensitive arrangement whereby it provided DNS resolution services to the executive office of the president. Okay, so that means this guy had access to the office of the president. Remember, part of this investigation isn't just what happened when Trump was a candidate. It was what happened after he became president of the United States that's going to have a big, big part to play in this. Just hang with me, all right? Durham continued, Tech Executive One, that's Joffe, tasked these researchers to mine internet data to establish an interference and narrative tying then-candidate Trump to Russia. In doing so, Tech Executive One indicated that he was seeking to please certain VIPs, referring to individuals at Law Firm One and the Clinton campaign. Okay, well this definitely sounds pretty serious so far. I mean, if, if we stopped right here, hold on. So we have an award-winning, FBI award-winning tech guy. He has infiltrated Trump Tower and the Trump White House in order to please the Clinton campaign? If you're not starting to get worried yet, wait till I wrap it up at the end. You're going to start getting worried, believe me. Anyway, a lot of people have been making these accusations for a long time. We haven't actually had any teeth to them, but you must understand there's a lot more to this. After the indictment of former Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman, there have also been two other indictments. Remember Kevin Kleinsmith? He was the FBI lawyer. He was the FBI lawyer who falsified a document so the FBI could get a warrant, a FISA warrant, to spy on an American citizen. And he was since given probation for that. He wasn't even disbarred, I should point out. That should have been prison time for the rest of his life if you use your position at the FBI to get a warrant to spy and illegally spy on an American citizen. Yet nothing happened, right? Slap on the wrist, nothing. And then we have this guy, of course, his name's Igor. Igor Denchenko. Who is Igor Denchenko? 
again, I, know, I understand we're getting in the weeds here. Just hang with me. Igor Denchenko was a man who gave false statements to Christopher Steele. I know that name is probably sounding familiar. Christopher Steele was the one who came up with the Steele dossier. He's a former foreign intelligence agent. Well, former, we don't know who his current employer is, but former foreign intelligence agency. The Steele dossier was paid for by the Clinton camp. It was a dirt. It was a dirt effort. That's what it was. Hey, Christopher Steele, Mr. Foreign Intelligence Agent, hey, I use your little uh, shoe, shoe spy phone and find us some dirt on then-candidate Donald Trump. Christopher Steele goes to this guy, Igor Danchenko. Danchenko makes a bunch of false statements to Steele. Steele puts them in the dossier as if they're fact, and on and on and on we go. Now, that was a long way to get to this part, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you Trump's statement, and then I'm going to give you what actually matters. All right? Here's Trump's statement. The latest pleading from the special counsel, Robert Durham, provides indisputable evidence that my campaign and presidency were spied on by operatives paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign in an effort to develop a completely fabricated connection to Russia. This is a scandal far greater in scope and magnitude than Watergate, and those who were involved in and knew about this spying operation should be subject to criminal prosecution. In a stronger period of time in our country, this crime would have been punishable by death. In addition, reparations should be paid to those in our country who've been damaged by this. All right. Now, that was a lot. And you know that's more detail and names and things and indictments and lawyer and Sussman and Kleinsmith. That, that was a lot. So let's just set all that aside in case all that kind of, all these names are bouncing around in your head. Look, I knew it, and I was reading some of it, and I still saw bouncing around in mine. Here's what it comes down to. It looks like we pretty much know now for a fact that the Hillary Clinton campaign, while they were under investigation for Hillary Clinton's email shenanigans, it looks like they instead did a massive distraction operation with their friends at the FBI. CIA got involved as well, and they came up with this Russian collusion thing. Steele dossier gets handed into the FBI. All this information gets handed to the FBI from the Clinton campaign. FBI wants to run with it, but probably doesn't have enough teeth with it yet. So someone at the FBI leaked this information to liberal news outlets like the Washington Post, who then run with it. And then the FBI turns around and takes that information and says, well, look, even the media is reporting on it, on the information they just leaked to them. Long story short, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the CIA, the American media, the system, the system decided Donald Trump shouldn't be president, tried to destroy him illegally, and then after he was president, didn't stop trying to destroy him. In fact, they handcuffed his presidency for the first two years with a bogus Russian collusion accusation. Now, maybe you're rolling your eyes at all this because you hate Donald Trump. It's fine. I don't, I'm, I don't wave anybody's pom-poms. Hate Trump all you want. I don't care. If it doesn't greatly concern you that America's federal law enforcement arm, America's spy agencies, America's FISA court, and America's media worked together to destroy somebody who had different political views than them, then frankly, you need to turn off the television Go live in the mountains somewhere because you are an idiot and you are completely useless to what's coming. That is a staggering 
staggering accusation and it appears to be 100% true and if that turns out to be 100% true allow me to return back to my original point about the office of the presidency not having enough power to fix what's wrong you understand that we could have every seat in Congress and every seat in the Senate and we could have the presidency of the United States of America and if we don't fix the fact that the administrative state, DOJ, FBI, IRS, CIA, NSA, so on and so forth, if we don't fix the fact that these organizations are now completely occupied by committed communists out to destroy Republicans, then nothing else matters because they're just going to keep doing this again and again and again and again and again. And this is the part where I'm going to remind you that if you're not challenging your congressman, your senator, your potential president candidate, to drain the swamp, and I don't mean catchy campaign slogans at a rally. I mean, you tell me what you're going to do to get rid of all these people at the FBI and all these people at the CIA. Unless they act like that's the most important thing out there right now, they're useless. Don't tell me about tax cuts, honestly. And don't tell me about other things that I think are important. You know, securing the border. You know what a border hawk, what a border hawk I am? Unless we bring the administrative state back to heel, nothing else matters because everything's already finished. We've already lost before we've even started playing the game. That is dangerous. And I want you to think about one other thing to make you uncomfortable before I wrap this up and we move on to Kara Frederick to talk big tech. If they're willing and able to do that to Donald Trump, then billionaire, then billionaire and president, what do you think they could and would do to you? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're going to talk to Kara Frederick about what role big tech may have played in this, and we're going to talk about some other things with her in just a moment. Now, that was the ugly stuff. Let's get to some good stuff. One share health. I oh, know, it's health insurance. Oh, it's health insurance. It sucks. Hear me out. Hear me out. I understand you don't exactly celebrate every single month when you send off your premiums to your health insurance company. I, I get it. I get it. What if you could feel good about that? You see, at OneShare Health, they're a faith-based group. 5% of your monthly. 5% of your monthly goes to our veterans struggling with PTSD. It goes to Camp Hope and the PTSD Foundation of America. That's real. This company is wonderful. The coverage options, the prices they give you are fantastic, and they have everything you could ever want. Vision, dental, 24-7 telehealth, you know it. Whether it's just you, your family, wonderful. Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly, gets you 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. We'll be back. Let's bring in some smart people. We need some expertise, first of all, about the, all this Hillary nonsense. Joining me now is my friend Kara Frederick. She's, of course, a research fellow for technology policy at the Heritage Foundation, former Facebook employee. Kara, okay, Hillary Clinton has two tweets up still from 2016, pushing what looks to be, what's that word they keep using? Misinformation about the election, Donald Trump, ties to Russia, and now this Durham stuff comes out and all this stuff looks really bad. Did big tech play some kind of a role in all this garbage? You know, I think the role they're playing is a role they're still playing now. And the fact is, 
there's no pretense of objectivity anymore. You know, there's a two-tiered justice system when it comes to social media. Trump can't say anything. Heaven forbid he's on these platforms. Yet, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, their spokespeople, the Ayatollah of Iran, Hillary Clinton, um, you know, not that they're necessarily in the same category, but when she spews misinformation, outright falsehoods, I mean, this is scandal. And at the same time, tech companies, they think it's okay. These, these decisions, these content moderation practices that tech com companies propagate, they have political implications. And we saw that. I've talked before about the studies that say when people went into the election booth on in 2020 that what big tech companies suppressed that played a role in the decision that they made in order to who they voted for in 2020 so yes it, it's huge and that two-tiered system i mean you have people who agree with what the left and the administration today says is true okay they get one treatment and then the second treatment is those who are skeptical those who dissent i mean look no further than joe rogan who himself said he's a bernie supporter and yet he is getting that second tier second-class citizen treatment by tech companies and not even big tech at this point but spotify media services you know it extends far beyond that and goes to really it strikes at the heart at first principles are these companies going to use the first amendment as that guiding moral standard or are they not it unfortunately looks like the former or the latter Kara, can you give me some guidance? Because, look, I'm an idiot. I can hardly use my smartphone, so I definitely don't understand big tech the way you do. Can you give me some guidance? Okay, something gets censored. Let's say I put up uh, something that gets, gets me suspended, which has happened several times before. I think we all know that'll happen again. Is there somebody making that decision? Is this some kind of computer program algorithm that is automatically programmed to hate me because I'm on the right? How does this work? Is there some kind of board? Do, they have, do I have a trial? I don't see. How does this work? You know, it's a combination of both. And now the third option, too, with Facebook having that oversight board, right, where they have that external entity that acts as that lightning rod for any sort of controversy if they get it wrong. So there's automation, which a lot of tech companies are engaging in right now. Like I said before in this program, when programmers think they want the technical fix, right, they're not necessarily considering all the things that you and I would do when it comes to cultural implications, political implications. They want to know, how do I fix it using software what is the technical solution to this we're engineers we want solutions so they automate it but it takes humans involved in this automation process too they write the code so they can string um words and classifiers together that maybe make sense eventually it to our brains like i'm gonna put a uh, blm and marxism together and i don't want those things to intermix online so when you say blm is marxism that's an automatic flag then that goes to another queue for human review sometimes. So they either automatically remove it or they escalate it to humans. So humans can look at it and say, ooh, really, really bad. We don't want anyone talking badly about Black Lives Matter, the organization. So we're gonna flag this content and then maybe we're gonna suspend this user or we're gonna not allow him to monetize ads for his book. So there's a combination of both. And then Facebook has that external arm too because they recognize this is kind of an intractable problem for them. They're getting heat from both sides so 
let's take something and we'll we'll put the decision making authority for the big cases there. So it's as you said, it's a combination of all of it. But unfortunately, these decisions, especially when a human gets eyes on them, they really seem to go in one direction unless there's enough of a raucous clamor to basically say this is wrong. Hey, you guys made a mistake. And then every now and then, if they can't justify what they did, they'll say, you're right, you're right. Here's your account restored or you're not necessarily suspended anymore or make sure you don't do it again. So it's a combination of all of it. It's very convoluted. It's really tough, but clearly it's not redounding to the benefit of conservatives or dissenters. Kara, how do we fix it? I mean, I mean look, Kara Frederick's dictator for a day. You get a day to, to just go in and, and put all this stuff in. What is the solution? Do we send in the Marines into Facebook headquarters? Do we do absolutely nothing? Do we, what do we do? I don't know what to do. Jesse, you know I love Marines. My dad was one. I know you're one. So that would be the first option. But failing that, I think big tech companies, right, they've proven themselves irresponsible stewards of power. They've, in part, been enhanced with using the government. So I think you just generally, as a philosophy, we need to help recalibrate that relationship between users and big tech companies. And what reforms would look like would ensure the government is not using these tech companies as agents to chill speech. You know, when Jen Psaki in February said Spotify can do a lot more to effectively silence Joe Rogan, that should not be allowed. Congress should make a law to prohibit government actors from using private companies like that. And then hold tech CEOs accountable. So far, they've gotten away with visiting a lot of pernicious influences and deleterious effects on our countrymen. That should stop. Hold them accountable. And then take a hard look at their business models. The lifeblood of these companies are that ad tech model. Congress should have oversight over that, scrutinize that. And then generally, let's make sure big tech companies aren't working hand in glove with our adversaries like the CCP. When Tim Cook signs a $275 billion deal with China, that should absolutely be disallowed. And then finally, give Americans ways to fight back when their rights are infringed upon. Give them prompt and meaningful recourse and more transparency and more user control. I think diversifying your tactics in that way can go a long way to rectifying these wrongs. Kara, someone sent me an ad Facebook apparently ran during the Super Bowl yesterday. I'm positive every, every person you know has probably sent it to you by now, so I'm going to be the obnoxious person to play it for you one more time. creeped out. I, I, I'm just, it really seems like this is an unhealthy thing for a society. It's, Sorry, your life sucks. Just strap this to your face and escape. I, I don't think, I don't think that's good for the country. 
That's exactly right. I mean, short of Donald not getting the MVP, this was the most depressing thing that happened last night. <laughs> I watched this and I saw, you know, it reminded me of Ready Player One, where humanity is living in Connex boxes stacked on top of each other, on top of each other, and everyone's huddled in a corner in dirty rags with this dehumanizing machine strapped to their face. I mean, it's effectively saying your life can be in tatters, your actual real incarnate life can be in tatters, and yet you, you're happy in the metaverse in this disembodied dehumanizing atmosphere that's not real it's earth saps happiness it's not real again it's dehumanizing uh, you and i we understand that we are body soul composites right we're a composition of both of those things and i think it demonstrates how the metaverse is 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 horrible in that they're not even full bodies right you're just a, a disembodied head with like half a torso that's not human of whatsoever so i think we should reject this at all costs they're trying to immerse us fully in a digital space where they can control all aspects of our lives and we have to reject it whenever possible hey man Kara thank you so much appreciate you always fun Jesse that's creepy and she's right about the weird bodies with the big body and the, the big head and the tiny body everyone looks like Al Sharpton <laughs> quit all right we still have a great show for you but first let's talk about something good you enjoying your Eden Pure? I know you are, but, but my, you should see my emails. Half my emails are about Eden Pure Thunderstorm anymore. I, t I told you, it, they call it the thunderstorm because it does in your home what nature does after a thunderstorm. And I've told you this before and people thought I was lying or just trying to do a sales pitch and now I get emails by saying, oh, you were right. If you plug one in, when you get your first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, go plug it in, leave the room for an hour or so and come back, you'll be able to taste it how clean the air is. It doesn't cover up odors in your air. It cleans it out, cleans your air. It took care of my allergies for Pete's sake. I have three of them, everyone knows that. That's why Eden Pure has a three pack deal for my viewers. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE. Get you a three pack for under 200 bucks. That's $200 in savings, obviously significant. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. As long as commercial transport options are available, Americans should take advantage of them. Um, we had hoped, based on our warnings, that Americans would have gotten out by now, but as long as those commercial transit options are available, Americans should avail themselves of them. They should move out by air or rail or road as rapidly as possible because, as I said also on Friday, if there is military action, if there is a war between Russia and Ukraine started by a Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, President Biden is not intending to send in, send in American forces to fight Russia in that war, uh, and Americans who have the opportunity to get out now should avail themselves of it. Okay. Well, that's not exactly confidence-inspiring. Joining me now is former counterterrorism officer and host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew, all right, can you, can you at least, let's start here. Why are there still Americans in Ukraine? I have to assume if I was in Ukraine at this point in time, out enjoying the local fair, I probably would have watched the news and thought, ah, I'm going to go ahead and head, head west a little. Yeah, no, exactly. Any, any uh, smart-minded person would. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Look, there's, 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 there's obviously 
family reasons or whatever the case might be that maybe would hold some there just like you've seen in other countries. But a smart person would have gotten out of there a long time ago as this rhetoric is heated up. And it's not just rhetoric. There's 130,000 plus troops and equipment across the border ready to come in. So, yeah, I mean, but but the fact that we've waited this long and the way that they're conveying these messages now is really remarkable to me and shows just how unaware and just how inept this current administration and government is. Drew, am I way off in thinking the longer this goes, the less chance there is he's going to invade? I mean, I'm not in Vladimir Putin's mind. I don't know what he's thinking, what he wants to do or doesn't want to do. But I do know if I wanted to invade and I had my troops on the border, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, it's poop or get off the pot. Why would I would assume he'd already have gone in by now? Yeah, I think that he knows that he I mean, look, none of us exactly know the timeline. It's it's frankly confusing right now. There is so much information going on out there in terms of information operations, propaganda, whatnot. It's hard to even cut through it at this point. But but what Putin knows is he can drag this out. He can get what he wants. He can have phone calls with world leaders. He can have delegates go and meet in, in different European cities and continue to just kind of blow them off and say, yeah, we're not going to do that and then move in more troops and then restage the troops, make it seem like he's going, which again, he might be. But at this point, he's just trying to get anything and everything he can and what he wants out of all of these arrangements. And and he may not have to. We'll see in the end what happens. It's going to be interesting none, nonetheless. But, but yeah, he just keeps playing this card like, okay, what else can I get? Drew, I'm assuming Putin, obviously, he, he's still a politician. I realize he has control over his country, but he still has to worry about his popularity. Even full-blown tyrants do. He can get out of this if he brings his people back some kind of a victory, right? Like, hey, Ukraine said they won't join NATO. I did it. Like, he, he, that's an out for him? Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that any kind of moral victory... And look, to be clear, he cares about popularity, yes, he wants to be popular, but at the same time, this is the KGB dude. Like he, he, he really just wants power, and if you get in his way, he, he doesn't care that much. But there is a, a degree of that that matters. So, I think yeah, Ukraine not joining some of the the different NATO troops, backing off some of the the different you know borders that are or states that are surrounding Russia. Uh, there's lots of little things that he could call a victory and back off. And 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 moreover, he won't claim this necessarily, but he dominated these other world leaders if if he gets what he wants, because he has. I mean, no one plays the game, even though he's our enemy, no one plays the game with more balls than, than Putin does, and he's he's doing it again. Drew, I, I saw something over the weekend. I kind of was half paying attention to it. It was one of those things where I looked at my phone and then I did a double take that we're requiring American citizens escaping to Poland to show a proof of vaccination or they'll be turned away at the border. What? Yeah. I mean, it's the least of this. This right here is a perfect picture of who this administration is and who we appear to be right now. It's not really at our core who we are as Americans, but this is the least American thing ever. We're letting people come across our borders without papers, without vaccinations, what have you. But hey, we've told you you've got 24 to 48 hours to get out or we're not going to come in and evacuate, which we can all believe because we haven't evacuated everyone out of Afghanistan or at least the right people. Uh, so we know that they're truthful on that matter, but but we're not coming to get you. And by the way, if you do come out, you better show that or we're not letting you out. Like what? It, 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 it's it's enraging. It's so maddening to hear something like that. I hope that there's people, and <clears throat> excuse me, I believe that there will be on our side because some of the folks who work on the ground level are at least decent human beings who will say, just come on, forget that rule. Because that's, that's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And again, it's, it's un-American. True. We have Pentagon spokesman John Kirby saying this. Watch this. 
One senior national security official who briefed reporters shortly after the president's phone call yesterday with Vladimir Putin, Admiral, said that there was no fundamental change in the dynamic that has unfolded now for several weeks. So is that a sign after that phone call yesterday that time is running out for diplomacy? It's certainly not a sign that things are moving in the in the right direction. It's certainly not a sign that Mr. Putin has any intention to de-escalate the tensions, and it's certainly not a sign that uh, that he's uh, recommitting himself to a diplomatic path forward. So it doesn't give us any cause for optimism. My question, Drew, is not necessarily about Kirby, who's an idiot, or anyone in the Biden administration. It's that I've noticed such a pessimistic outlook from them consistently. And this is whether it's John Kirby, Jake Sullivan, Jen Psaki. They, they all seem to just have this hands in the air. Russia's going to invade. We're not optimistic. Things are the worst thing. And I can't figure out why. It's almost like they want it. No, exactly. I mean, the, the way that all of these international disasters have unfolded, that's kind of the only conclusion you can get to because there's no reason any of them, whether you're talking Afghanistan, which you and I've talked ad nauseum, or this, there's no reason they need to get to this point. But they do. They throw their hands up and they're like, oh, Putin's just an awful dude. Well, okay, maybe. That's true. But he also responds to strength. He's seen no strength. The reason those calls aren't going well is he sees weakness, he sees an opportunity, and that's the kind of person that Putin is, that's the kind of person that Xi is, that's the kind of pers person that a lot of our enemies are. So they see these opportunities and, and there's just seize the moment, there's blood in the water, they go after it. Meanwhile, our people here are throwing their hands up in the air and you've got Democrats on the other side of the aisle saying, this isn't Biden's fault, yes, it is. Is, is Russia being Russia Biden's fault? No. But is the situation we are in right now, because of his, his weakness and his, his unwillingness to actually do anything meaningful and kind of lead through that peace through strength model? Yes, that's absolutely his fault. Drew, here's Hillary Clinton from 2016. We have never in the history of our country been in a situation where an adversary, a foreign power, is working so hard to influence the outcome of the election. And believe me, they're not doing it to get me elected. They're doing it to try to influence the election for Donald Trump. Now, maybe because he has praised Putin, maybe because he says he agrees with a lot of what Putin wants to do, maybe because he wants to do business in Moscow, I don't know the reasons, but we deserve answers. We certainly do deserve answers, Drew, because it doesn't look like any of that was true. And in fact, it looked like the Clinton campaign worked with the CIA and FBI to get a warrant to wiretap an American citizen, and now we know they flat out hacked into the White House. What in the world? Yeah, I mean, and, and what's crazy, I was just talking to somebody about this, what's crazy is you and I both know that nothing is probably gonna come of this. I mean, you look around, I looked this morning, again, in, in preparation for my show, that CN, you know, CNN, not that CNN counts for anything, they're awful and their ratings show that, but, but for the three people that are going to CNN, there's not a story on the front page of CNN talking about this. Everyone should be able to agree that this is a massive, massive story, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. Everyone should be talking about it, but there wasn't there. I even searched it. I searched it in their, their CNN search engine, search Durham, search Clinton. Doesn't come up. I saw something about Costco and the Kirkland's brand. That was interesting, but it had nothing to do with this. But the point is, is no one's going to talk about this. And this is a huge deal. And the fact that no one's going to talk about it is also a huge deal. Drew, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me. All right. It's Valentine's Day. You know what that means? It means you're probably out there looking for something perfect for your husband or your wife. Congratulations. 
I just figured it out for you. Northwest Retention Systems. You know what the perfect Valentine's Day gift is? A custom-made holster from Northwest Retention Systems, or maybe a sling, maybe a mag carrier, something, you know, made in America that will last for freaking ever, and they have some of the coolest designs you've ever seen, yes, for the ladies, too. Go to nwretention.com and use the promo code JESSE, and you get 10% off. nwretention.com. We'll be back. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Okay, everyone remembers that little funny line. It's just kind of a throwaway line. We all cheered, woohoo. Uh, maybe she should be in jail. I, I, I don't know. Joining me now, Congressman from Pennsylvania, Guy Reschenthaler. Uh, Congressman, these revelations from the Durham report, which we don't have all of them yet, paint a really, really frightening picture of what's happening at our CIA, our FBI, the FISA court. It, if the administrative state in this country has been fully weaponized against Republicans, that's not a small deal. That just vaulted to number one on issues this country has to tackle right now or we're in serious trouble. Jesse, you're absolutely right. And please just call me Guy, but keep this in mind. If the DOJ, if the FBI, the CIA, if the Democrat National Party can do this to President Trump, they can do this to any one of us. So let's just keep that in mind as we talk about this. But what Durham's revelations reveal is that the Clinton campaign actually hacked into Donald Trump's servers, created emails that made it appear that they were they had collusion with Russia, then reported this to the FBI as if a crime were taking place right then and there. That's a false report to the federal law enforcement, but I digress. They report this to the FBI. The FBI runs with it with the DOJ. So you now have a weaponized FBI and DOJ running on information that was given to them by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Then they spied on Donald Trump's campaign, and it was very clear that there was, there was, there was no collusion Yet, these institutions ran with this story for three years. Our mainstream legacy media jumped all over it. We had wall-to-wall -wall coverage. To this day, polling shows that a majority of Democrat voters actually think there was collusion. So the damage is staggering when you look at everything, and it should scare all Americans that the DOJ and the FBI and other institutions went after a presidential candidate and then a president on what turned out to be nothing but fabricated emails that were meant to do somebody in politically. Uh, Congressman, can, or Guy, sorry about that. Can you Thanks, tell Jesse. me, what can we do about this? All right, now I understand we can't do anything. I'm not naive. We don't have the House, we don't have the Senate, we don't have the presidency. I get that. We can, we can complain and, br and bring attention to it, which has some value. But as far as something with teeth... Let's say we get the House and Lord willing the Senate back. Maybe 2024 brings us all that back. We still have an administrative state full of virtually unfireable bureaucrats, right? Or can we get in there and actually clean house? Well, this teaches us something. It is that, and it's this. The rules have changed. And it wasn't Republicans and conservatives that changed the rules. It was Democrats and liberals and unelected career bureaucrats in these institutions that have changed the rules. So I'm sick and tired of the old Republican Party ways of saying we're going we're gonna to rise above this. We're not going to stoop to that level. Nonsense. 
when the rules have changed in the game, you play by the new rules or you play the game at your own peril. So let that be noted to any new Republicans, and I consider myself a new Republican, I know you do too, that the rules have changed and we now need to hold these Democrats, these unelected career bureaucrats responsible. Now, how do we get there? First and foremost, we use our megaphones. Uh, you have a huge one. I try to get the word out there and we do that because we need to take back the House this year. Once we take back the House, we need to have oversight and investigation. And I'm talking oversight investigation like you've never seen before. Expose all the corruption with, with the Biden family. Expose all the connections that Hunter Biden has with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, Russian oligarchs, you name it. Expose the nefarious actions that Hillary Clinton, that Comey, that all of that, Clapper, all of them at the higher echelons of the FBI, expose them for what they did. Then in 2024, when we have a, dare I say, uh, President Trump, we then hold these individuals accountable legally to the fullest extent of the law. But if we do anything short of this, Jesse, we allow, we allow political enemies to criminalize politics, to use the DOJ, to use the FBI against their domestic rivals in the political arena. That is un-American. That's wrong. It has to stop. But will only stop when Republicans take power and use that power to hold these individuals accountable under the law. Yeah. Use that power for once. Amen. Guy, thank you so much for what you do. Please keep going after him. Thanks, Jesse. Take care. We'll do. Serious situation. I love hearing that, though. I continue to talk to these congressmen. We're going to keep bringing them on and asking them, what can we do? Are you going to go after it? And so far, I like what I hear. We'll see if that works out, but I like what I hear, right? All right. We have a very special, a very touching Light in the mood coming up next. I think this one is going to, I think this one's going to get, get you right in the feels. But first, have you become a First TV supporter yet? You know we did a special last week, how to cancel, cancel culture. How do, you, how do you play offense against these communists? What do you do? Do you just complain? No, we can go after them. But you got to become a First TV supporter to watch it. You can go watch it right now on demand if you want. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up and enjoy it. We'll be back with Light in the Mood. It's Valentine's Day. You know, it's Light in the Mood time, so we thought it would be appropriate to bring up Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. And I want to tell you something. If you have someone special in your life, someone you love more than anyone else, this is the day. This is the day you need to focus on that person and love that person extra today. Like, I have someone like that in my life. And I've chosen today, I've chosen to use Light in the Mood to celebrate that person. See? See, everyone should have someone like that. Every single person out there watching this show should have someone they love as much as I love that human being. And every single day, I look up and I thank God for giving that person to me. See? I told you it was going to be a good light in the mood. It's beautiful. I'll see you tomorrow.